0: You are listening to something rather than nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer.
1: It's mom. Your father and I were just thinking about you, so I figured I'd give you a call to see what's going on over there. For the most part, everything over here is going pretty good. (laughs) So we actually had a few of the neighbors come over and we had such a fun time playing this game! Basically the idea is that you pick a card and whoever picks the card is the judge and everyone has to write down something that they think would make the person laugh. And it was just so funny because as you know we've been living on this block for over 20 years and I have to say our neighbors really know our sense of humor.
2: It's it's explicit. You could talk about whatever whatever you whatever awesome. you want. Yeah, whatever we, the fuck you want. Over whatever o- comes to mind. Yeah. Open open conversation. Yeah, we'll 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 make this. This is ours. It doesn't belong to anybody else. This is independent. You know, it's all. It belongs to us. Nobody checks on us. Right. Right. Um, right. Um so uh, Shay, I was talk- uh, one of the things I was wondering about um you know looking at your two bands and uh you know as I mentioned to to Matthew before I've been particularly sensitive and n- noticing the 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 kind of the presence of, of of sound and soundtrack to to create mood uh in the in the video work that you do and uh, one of one of the pieces I was wondering as far as your work with with music and over towards video, um, you have a lot of sounds, a lot of words, a lot of verses that you end up seeing floating over and, and seeing as uh that, that show up on the video work you do it, Matt. Yeah, actually some of my lyrical references are direct references to some of Matt's movies and, you know, sometimes things in like either of our lives. So definitely it's like connected there and like You know, like I was saying before, like my process recording vocals for Cronies and doing, um, you know, soundtrack for Matt is similar because I like record vocals and bass for Cronies. I run it by them. They let me know if it's good. And similarly, you know, just trying to like fit the vibe with Matt's score and stuff like that. And then when I make, you know, my solo stuff, like real Coddington Factory stuff, like that's a lot of uh, me just kind of doing my own thing. So that's a little different but like, you know, definitely my processes are the same. And, um, you know, obviously there's influences in film and, uh, you know, you see that a lot in like the, the samples that happen in, um, some of the like music. And then it's like, you know, some of it is like samples from films that me and Matt made. And then it works the other way around too. Cause like, I have, a score that I make for Matt's stuff. And it's like, you know, it ends up being like sometimes like distorted or like very like guitar pedal driven or like sampler driven, like just stuff that I would do in cronies. So like, I guess it ends up just working together, uh, you know, to hopefully be like more unique in that way.
0: And in terms of like relationship to film, also Shay's stuff, you know, I'm a I, I'm a personal fan, of course, of Shay's music. So I, I've kind of analyzed it in my own way. And I, I noticed that uh, a lot of movies that Shay and I both like or that are inspired by, like that, that make us want to make the movies that we make or the movies that I make, uh, he, he'll use samples from those movies in his music. Like uh, There's a lot of uncut gems. uh, Bedtime mm-hmm. um, Stories. Yeah. Uh, and a uh, big and fan even, of that. Even um, videos that we've made, because Ken, I don't know if you know, but Shay and I have actually been friends since we were eight years old. I remember
2: Uh, you mentioned you long time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, We met in fourth grade at the lunch table. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and we, we've been making videos together since probably around that time or like, well, I don't like a year. In in
2: sixth grade, my dad bought me like one of those, like, you know, cameras that were like, they kind of looked like phones almost, but they had like the little like camera there. They're like flip video and they had like the USB. Yeah. And so we'd record with those. And, like, we didn't have an editor at the time, so, like, we tried to, like, edit on the fly. Like, if we wanted music (laughs) in the movie, like, we would put our iPhone speakers up and we'd press the YouTube play button and the record button at the same time and then press stop. And then, you know what I mean, just keep going on the next shot. So we were definitely desperate to make it work for a long time.
0: And And then Matt
2: got an editor finally. And then, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Matt.
0: (laughs) No, I was going to say in the same regard to the iPhone speakers up to the the camera. Like we, if we wanted to like cut, <laughs> if we wanted to cut to black or something I'm like sorry. that, we would like put our hand over the camera. Yeah, and, yep. Because like we can't edit, you know. But uh, but yeah, so, yeah so, so those old childhood videos, even Shay's taking <coughs> sound, sound bites from that stuff and put it in his music mm-hmm. as well. And I am always surprised to find because Shay's yeah. very like you know Shay kind of works on the album. And I know nothing about what's going on. And then it just gets released and then I get to like check it out. And then all of a sudden I hear like young me's voice show up in the album all of a sudden. It's like there's like yeah. little, little like tidbits. My... Or... Yeah. I was just going to say there's like, it almost seems like, the, you know, regardless of, you know, me being in it or not, there's just a bunch of tidbits of like Shay's past, you know, and life just kind of peppered in throughout the the music that it goes yeah. beyond just instrumental and vocal, you know. I like
2: that, though, like, when music adds, like, a wholesome, like, element to it. Like, Cronies has, like, a lot of, like, clips from Goodfellas and, like, you know, a lot of, like, mob movies and stuff like that. And, you know, horror movies, stuff like that, old, like, 70s flicks. And, you know, Jack, the drummer of our band, is, like, really into that stuff. And, you know, so, like, it kind of gives it, like, a, you know, like, a vibe. It's, like, what you grew up with. It's, like, what you're representing yourself as is, like, a similar yeah, I like the uh, the the editing process. I I took um, I took a uh, my first like video film class, and it was like using like iPhone to help uh, create film. And you know, like I I had the question It was such like an art such like an art film school answer. I was like, I'm trying to have this black in the background. Like everybody knows, you just put your finger over the <laughs> over the right. over the camera lens, and there's your black filler. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh it is it is as i thought you just cover it up and uh imagine doing that now matt with your new leica lenses <laughs> right. vintage lenses just like putting your whole hand over the glass
0: right right it, it would be experimental for sure you know maybe that'd be something interesting to try <laughs> yeah. in the future but yeah and i, I also so, think um, it's interesting to, so um, just, man, yeah yeah oh no i was gonna say springboarding hey, off blood. of what we're, we're talking about i kind of found it interesting to think of how Shay's work individually and my work individually have kind of ping pong back and forth, and then we'll come together to work on individual things. But, uh, he's been doing score for our stuff since whatever, like, um, 2013 or whatever, whenever we made our first movie. And I always noticed that kind of, um, the score that he'll make will resemble whatever current genre or interests or whatever it is, style of music that he's into at the time. So like, if you go back to like 2017, mm-hmm. When, uh, when we made our short film called Megan that stars Shay, uh, you can kind of hear yep. that the score that he provided for that links up to the kinds of mu- the kind of music that he was making at the time of that short film. And then now, like with the, yep. with the most recent collab we did, which is Henry, uh, his music is more, more noise rock-based, more pedal-based, you know, in, in his personal music. Thus, mm-hmm. the movie, Henry, has a score that is like very pedal heavy and very noise rock influenced, because yeah. of like distortion amp sound almost. So it's it's interesting to kind of watch. Like I almost know what to expect in a way when mm-hmm. I ask for, when I ask for a score, but I you know and, and I'm still surprised. But it's kind of interesting to see like I like I you know or listen to the music that he has coming out, and knowing oh this is probably gonna be what the score will sound like for the movies. Yeah. Kind of I, I recently
2: thing. have been hired to do a couple of like soundtracks for different things. Like one's like a romantic comedy that needed just like kind of R&B type stuff. Yeah, And one is this other thing that I haven't actually done yet, but it's like, you know, um, I guess a bit more experimental, but not like in the way that, you know, I try to be with Matt. Matt just kind of lets me kind of do my own thing or, I mean, he gives me, like, a mood to start with, and, you know, we make the movie together a lot, so I can, so I see what's going on, I kind of try to picture what's gonna go in it later, Mm -hmm. but, you know, like, a lot of it's just experimentation, just trying to figure out, like, what the best thing is, so it's not, like, always clear, but it's, like, you know, I feel like there's a, um, like, I feel this way about Cronies too, and I feel this way about the scores in Matt's movie, when I'm making it, it's, like, there's, like, a, something in there already that needs to be chiseled out of it yeah and um that's kind of just like my, my approach because like i know there's something that's going to fit best and so i try to just go for that rather than just like you know go for like a vanity thing or go for something that like i would like best but again like matt kind of lets me a little bit off the hook in terms of going for what i want because it's kind of what he would want too. yeah what an incredible what's the, process. what's the romantic comedy I didn't, i didn't know you were doing that yeah, yeah I, just, uh, I heard. I heard uh, that too, Matt. I heard that too, Matt. x yeah. game. Oh, oh, that. a yeah.
0: comedy. Oh yeah,
2: Matt filmed and edited that. Right, right, right,
0: right. <laughs>
1: yeah. well, well, no, because those <laughs> episodes, are done.
0: But they, I, I forget. To me, they're so out in the rear view, you know. But uh, but yeah, we. have. <laughs> well,
1: are they?
0: No, no, you're right. They just the most recent episode just came out. I think I try to put it in the rear view as much as I can when I'm done with something. Are you to, done
2: editing that though? Like,
0: yeah. Finished? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. done. That, that was a five. That so, Ken. That was a. I I I got hired. I got hired to do this like romantic comedy episodic series called X Game. That's on YouTube, and uh, I. I, I the, the director was in Albany at first, and then he moved to Los Angeles. And he's like, "Sorry, Matt. Like, you know, I wanted to go with you as the DP editor, but you know, I'm in Los Angeles now." And like, I was. I was like in the winter I get horrible seasonal depression. So like, I just w- wanted any excuse yeah. to leave. It was like right around January at the time. And uh, I was like, yeah. Oh no, no, you're doing in LA. I'll go. I'll just, I'll, I'll fly out there and I'll do that. And I took like a, not a loss, but I pretty much like broke even shooting that just so I could hang out in LA for like two months. But uh, it was a great experience. Yeah. And uh, the show, you know, it's entertaining and, and it was, uh, yeah. it was fun to work on for sure. That's but you that's, didn't
2: fly. Did you? you drove.
0: Yeah. And he anyway, got we're... horrible
2: food poisoning halfway through and kept oh, yeah. driving anyway. Yeah. We're just going off the rails. Uh, no, <laughs> sorry, like, sorry. no. <laughs> well, and the thing is, if, even if there's a project update where we can make sure it's, it's shared here about where the status of things are. Right.
0: right, right. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, no, um, I was going to, I was going to fly cause I figured that would be cheaper. And then I had all this, uh, all the equipment that I needed and, and you know, it was going to be so much to, to fly over to LA and, I think I always wanted to try driving across the country, so I uh, kind of just took the opportunity to do one, you know, like solo road voyage, you know, go out to L.A., make a thing. It's like it was it's always been like a fantasy of mine to do. So, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah,
2: there's a road. There's a road here in uh, Newport, Oregon, actually just drove past it yesterday. It's on the coast and it shows uh, Boston, Mass., on it, and it's like three thousand three hundred and twenty-five miles. It's Route Twenty that goes across the U.S. and starts over in Newport, Oregon, out to Boston. <laughs> so, oh wow, you could take Twenty. It'd probably take about two weeks, and uh, that wouldn't work for you. But, uh, anyways, yeah. it just, it's just it's just really cool, um, uh, Matt. What about um, uh, with uh, Trusted Hands? You recently uh, released it, starring uh, uh, Victoria Studo. um mm-hmm. and uh, that came out. Uh, just 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 recently um what's what's going on with the film where do, where do where do people find it um that type of thing
0: yeah so all my short a lot of directors like to withhold their short films for purposes. <laughs> <laughs> i knew you were going to start saying that I knew you were gonna go. <laughs> i've been thinking about that a lot today actually because i was like oh yeah, man too Am I not making the right move here by releasing my movie? Like I always release any short film I make immediately when it's done and I release it just on my Vimeo and I, and I promote it on Instagram and I'm like, everybody just go see it. Like, I just want people to watch it so they can talk about it. And it, and you know, it's nice to get quick reactions. I like immediately, you know, hearing what people have to say about the movie the minute it's done. But, uh, some directors, uh, like to, you know, withhold the movie because there are certain festivals that want to premiere their movie exclusively. Uh, and be the first to premiere it so like you know a lot of directors are secretive about their projects and they'll let it sit and you know let no one see it for six months or whatever it is only to find out that six months later Sundance big surprise said you know we don't want your movie you know because yeah
1: because
0: tens of thousands of movies are submitted so I I never want to do that especially because like Trusted Hands came out. Right. And like I still I have two other short films as well that are that are in the middle of like I haven't even started editing them yet. But like they're about to be. And uh, Shay and I are going to work on a movie coming up, too. And so I just feel like by the time Trusted Hands would be accepted into some festival, if it if it was, you know, that was so exclusive about its premiere status and all that stuff. I'd be already moved on and finished with the next one. And I just want to be promoting that. So I figure uh, whenever we work on a feature in the future, I'd probably maybe withhold that, or maybe just allow people to see it via like a private link or whatever. But in terms of the shorts, you know, I just like to get them out there as soon as possible. And you know, uh, there are plenty of festivals out there that are cool about you releasing online because I think you know yeah. that that's kind of the generation that that we're living in now. You know, so you know, I, I think it's important to just release it as soon as you can, yeah. and then you know, let, let it get into whatever festivals. Exist that are that are into it, and you know, because of that, because like you know, we released House to herself and Henry that way, uh we got great opportunities to film movies, you know, with bigger budgets than we've ever had before, and uh, that in a way allows us to then fund the the next few movies, you know. So uh, I think it's important to get it out there as as soon as possible. So that's what that's what I did with. Yeah, and I I was just saying I I was.
2: yeah. I was observing some of the dynamic uh, you, you see and so one of the things in newer to seeing uh, distribution films or how it's released. I find a film to be uh, such a labor love, so intensive and then it's mm-hmm. how it gets out there. And as you explore and it's like, I need people to see this thing, you know, I'm over here doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of you guys are like, you gotta, you gotta see the stuff, same thing with it within music. Right. Um, you know, like you get people got to hear that. And, um, uh, I, I found that in just seen some of the things you promote and talk about that there are significant films that still get attention because it wasn't like they're on a particular sequence. If you like Henry, you bring about Henry, I could like that film. And when she was talking about like the sound and some of the things adding terror to it, like it brought that rate right to my head and daddy's mm-hmm. wallet, which is like in um, house to herself, which is g- gorgeously a uh, shot in, in, in each of your films too. Maybe it does what I w- just wanted to ask too. Um, yeah. your, your films are held up, you know, it could be Shea and, and, and others that are, are held up by subtle performances yeah. of folks that you have and that they have in, 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 there. Um, I guess when the strange question is, how do you, how do you get and find somebody who can handle this, you know, it might be this type of like intense role, Maybe not a lot of talking, maybe a lot of like moving to the sound connected to face in, you know. How
0: do we? Yeah. <laughs> How do we find them? I don't know. I, I think it's like a, it's a casting thing for sure. Like I, I definitely can tell. I mean, we just get a, lucky. We, we do get lucky, but I also think that by an audition, I can tell pretty quickly that the actor is not in the same like headspace that Shay and I um, are in. I don't know how to explain it. I almost feel mm-hmm. like I, through the audition, I can tell if it's the kind of person that I would want to uh, collaborate with or like talk to or hang out with. And if they're that kind of person, then I feel like they're the right fit, you know? Uh, for It's, it's awesome. a good start. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, I mean, actor-wise, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because like a lot of the actors now at this point are just, you know, people within our own friend group or, you know, like Shay is going to act. He's going to be the lead in the, in the new movie that we're going to make. And uh, he's done a, a, one of ours before. And uh, Alex is a, a yeah. old friend yeah. of ours. So I,
2: uh, I think, like, Alex, Victoria, and I, and um, my girlfriend Diana, who is going to be in this movie with me um, coming up, like, mm-hmm. have all seen the movies that Matt likes, and we like them too. So we know what kind of vibe he wants and what he's going for, like, especially because we talk about it a lot. Like, and yeah. I'm sure, like, Matt and Victoria, like, talk about it a lot when they're like making trusted hands or when they were um or when you guys like they have a, like another movie together too. Yeah, Victoria's like yeah, two other movies together.
0: For the record, yeah. Victoria and I are yeah. Like, we've been dating that wasn't the, clear. <laughs> so, yeah, we've been dating for the last year and uh and so now we have uh like but, we, have um, two, we have two more movies coming as well.
2: Yeah. I what, mean, what I just, wanted to say yeah. about like uh oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go gotcha. ahead. Well, what I wanted to say about like um you know when it's not uh, a friend uh or you know it's you know we'll usually go through backstage and the last few times we've definitely gotten lucky and people have like you know got you know they've auditioned like quickly and you know they're you know reliable and they're you know even they feel challenged though even though they're good actors like desi stevens and like dan Berkey are two like really talented actor slash actresses that like audition almost immediately and mm-hmm. like we didn't really need to go through anybody else but like gloss which is a movie we made like years ago we went through about 30 people came to our apartment and like auditioned for this role and like a lot of people weren't good and a lot mm-hmm. of people were pretty good and okay but then only a few like really stood out to us and that's who you see in the film is uh um, yeah. you know like Haley berkeley who's like uh you know really talented like even says that she was challenged by uh, matt's role so you know um i think it like kind of goes both ways i think actors want to work with us because we write challenging roles right yeah yeah
0: yeah most of the uh, time most of the time it's like i don't even know if i've ever had a situation yet where i feel like oh man like i really like both of these people for the house to herself role or both of these people for the daddy's wallet role. Like it's always just one person that's so clearly yeah. right. Um, and I don't know what that says, or you know, I must just say something about their acting ability, you know, or what I'm picturing in my head, but sometimes it doesn't even matter what I'm picturing in my head. Cause for daddy's wallet, the main character was supposed to be like a middle-aged or like more like forties, you know, year old. That's actor. not what I pictured when I first read the script. Really? Yeah. I was, I was picturing. I, I told you that though. Oh right, yeah. I was picturing someone younger than uh, than Dan, and then when I saw Dan, though, I immediately was like, "Oh, this is so right." And right, I remember showing you Dan's audition. Yeah. And you're like, oh, "This is right. This is what I'm picturing," you know? Yeah, <laughs> he was good, and he was I, he was I, just he so did. good, it, and he was so committed with the audition. Like he's sp- he really didn't, you know, um, how do I explain it? Like his audition tape was definitely kind of experimental. Uh, like he made sure he looked disheveled, and he almost acted like the character immediately to show us how invested he was and I think that was a big part of why we picked him because I was like well he's already going this far yeah. with, with the audition you gig. know
2: Dan Berkey does this kind of like mumble talk that's similar to the way Joaquin Phoenix sounds in The Master where it yeah. kind of like sounds like this
0: yeah yeah like,
2: and um I think that kind of grabbed us a lot because that's what he did in his audition he was like in a robe and like had like I think a, like a glass of liquor or something and right. just like um you know like a five o'clock shadow, like, look yeah. dad, and then yeah. just yeah. kind of like gave it to us. Like, and then we got other auditions and you know, the dude just read the script and it was fine. Like it was solid. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of directors, um, fail to look past the fact that like an actor is just, you know, good enough. And, um, maybe it's just cause, uh, you know, some people just don't write challenging enough roles or
0: whatever it is, but,
2: um, yeah. you know, yeah, you just we know want- when you see it, I think.
0: Yeah. And yeah, our role specifically, we like to, I mean, I definitely want to portray the the human psyche and, you know, in all of its grotesque ways, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I tend to, it's like not uncommon for a role of mine to include masturbation, throwing up, um, crying, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it has to be someone that would be interested in doing that kind of stuff. Like we've definitely gotten actors. Um, there was a movie we, <laughs> there was a movie that we made called Weird Cupid. I don't know if you've seen that one. I haven't um, but, seen that but, one. Uh, but the character admit thats on my Vimeo as well. The character admits to having a three-inch penis in, in the end, or like towards the end. And yeah. uh, I got—we got a lot of actors that were like, "I would never say that." You know, I'm sorry, I cannot take this role. And it's like good. We don't want you to take this role. If you you feel so threatened, your masculinity is so threatened that you can't say in a movie that you have a three inch penis. Like, firstly, I think it shows that you probably do have a three inch penis. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then uh, then secondly, we don't want to, we don't want to deal with somebody who is like all like getting hurt personally by the content. We want someone who's Mm -hmm. like, wow, that's so funny. Or, you know, that's so interesting. I'd love – I can't wait to say that I have a three-inch penis. You on need half. somebody all in and be
2: like, three inches is where it's at yeah, and right. jump
0: right in. Like, don't worry. And, we, um, and with, yeah. the act, <laughs> with the actor Frank Fallow, we found that. I mean, I mean, he was perfect. He was perfect for it. Like, even uh, a guy
2: like, uh, you know, um, like a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson's characters and a lot of – like, recently, I'd say, and a lot of, like, Safdie Brothers' characters, like – like all do like the same kind of stuff where they're like grotesque emotionally and stuff mm-hmm. and, and you see guys like you know adam sandler in both of those directors cases like
0: yeah
2: and you know other great actors like doing like all that kind of stuff and it's like if you look up to those actors and you like them then why wouldn't you want right. to do that yourself why wouldn't you want to yeah. challenge yourself in that way like i think it's not about uh, you know, because I'm not going to go see a movie that stars The Rock, because I'm sure it's just him, like you know, being a badass and exploding cars. No, no offense to The Rock, like I don't know. <laughs> no, like, he's going to be our he president. Does, he's he's going to be our president someday. So yeah, mad respect like, to The Rock. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <right>, we <we're> <laughs> right, Rock a plenty of love to on podcasts. I think he gets enough right. love. Right, right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we love uh, we love Paul Thomas Anderson and the Safdies. Uh, we we look up to them a lot. Uh, you know, we I, I'd say the master. You know, Shay and I were, you know, whatever, 17, and we were so excited to go see The Master that we, like, you know, we, we were we were living on Long Island at the time. That's where we both grew up. And we, like, you yeah. know, rode the subway, like, you know, took a train out to see The Master. and you Yeah. Know, on a, it's, like, opening weekend, and it just blew us both away. Like, we were in there Yeah, every- It was
2: screened on 70 millimeter film in this one theater. Oh. Yeah. We went there with Matt's sister and her boyfriend at the time because we weren't really, like, I mean, we were old enough, but like they like you know bought us like street food and they bought our tickets or something like that. Yeah. I definitely remember them buying us street food. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, the it was like I yeah. forget what the name of the theater was. I think it was the Angelica. The
1: Angelica. And we yeah. saw it
2: there, and it yep. was a really good time. Like one of um, one of the best uh, film experiences I've had. There was also the time where we saw a Clockwork Orange in Denver screen on. I think it was seventy millimeter film also. Yep, and that was also a really good time, you know. Yeah. yeah, So, you know, just being inspired by stuff like that, I guess. I, yeah, I really uh, the the film experiences and going to, going to film. I had one thing I I, I figure I mentioned. It. it was just such a cool uh, event. Was um, was at a Czech? film festival at the portland art museum and just you know like i had cleared out just like a couple days of being like okay i wouldn't even seen any of these films and just this is a few years ago and i was watching this really incredible film and um the actress from she was from the czech republic she spoke czech she was sitting in the row in front of me so as i was watching her on the screen I looked over and I was like oh my gosh it was just such a wild experience I never had you know I don't you have it in other environments you know with a lot of entertainers but it was just it's really it was it was really strange and it was um I I love that kind of like disruption uh disruption at times with this kind of reality and reflection of reality going back to you know um but um yeah so people go really hard on that What's yeah. that? Sorry. I was just gonna say some people go really hard on that. Like, you know, yeah. actors, like Gaspar Note, you know. Like yeah. they go really intense with that. To yeah. make their
0: movie it's such a visceral experience.
2: And then yeah. that's like the point of the movie almost. Yeah. Well we gonna we're gonna folks, we're gonna jump to uh just just, just out of nowhere to uh Shay's uh, uh, work with uh cronies, uh, New York. We got the track A million dollar mutt. Here we go, cronies Jake Lachine. Of course, we're talking with Matthew Kyle Levine. Off to the music right now for a few moments.
1: Just got better and better. The cracks in the seat he just glued them with butter. The more that he ran, just got battered and battered The more that he ate, just got better and better.
2: Straight up my alley, Shay. Oh, and, thanks. And uh, I'd imagine up the alley around a lot of folks who listen to this show. Yeah, um, that one just started as a, a jam one between one me one and Jack one day. It just like during uh, COVID when things kind of lightened up a little in the, like at first, like, you know, we just, I just went over his house and we jammed and like we did that. And like I recorded video of it just like on a camera. And so then like later. We developed it into a song, and uh, you know Brad added some lyrics. It's really dope. Cool how it's, it developed. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a inc- it's a fucking incredible track. Um, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for sending that over. Everybody, check out uh, Cronies' and recording here from uh, Albany, Oregon. Hopefully, you get the Cronies uh, sometime out of the way. All over here on the uh, on the on the left coast. Um, you guys got to uh, do west coast tour one day. Yeah. It's 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 going to happen. We're, uh, you know, we're working up to it. Yeah, well, uh, the podcast supports all uh, West Coast endeavors and uh, uh, mad respect to the East Coast being uh, 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 born and born and raised in uh, Rhode Island, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. So, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, so uh, made my way all the way out of West, but uh, deep in my DNA. um, uh, There's some New England in you. Oh goodness, goodness! Yeah. Yes, I uh, hardened, hardened. Uh, <laughs> I went out. To, uh, the, the 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 outdoors here is um, is quite incredible. I actually just came in um, uh, from a place, uh, Cape Perpetua, and out into the woods and looking, uh, just hiking. Did a four mile hike yesterday and uh, made it back into civilization uh, today. Mm. So, um, a lot of lot of wonderful stuff out here. So, um. Yeah, we we'll have been talking about the the, the, the uh, film, uh, about film and, and, and music. And um, Shay, you're going to be a little bit on the spot right now. And Matt's already done. Oh, well, let's go. Well, Matt's, let's Matt's already down. done the big conceptual questions. And right. I don't know. He hit him out of the park already. So the it's yeah. going to drop on. I to need you. him here, though. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it, it, no problem so uh the 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 show you know episode 163 164 and uh, we talk about a lot of like nice. important questions to artists and uh one of the big ones um i have is what is what is art you're an artist shay you're doing the music you're working in film you're doing all your things what are you up to what is art um yeah what am i up to like right now just doing a lot of like music projects film projects um Let's see, I paint a lot, I like draw, like I do a lot of like t-shirt designs for like my solo project. Um, so I do a lot of like screen printing and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, I just do a lot of, uh, I mean, I guess like, like it's more, um, whatever whatever you call it, what, what's the word, like something where you can, you know, it's it's adaptable, I guess. Like if you're an artist, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you can kind of adapt to different art styles like more easily like matt makes a lot of music and matt actually did like the score for trusted hands and he did like um like you know he does a lot of the sound design for our movies like just in post like you know because you know there's no one else there helping him with it so he ends up just doing it himself and like you know especially for like miss freelance like there's a lot of cool tricks and sound design that we copied and used for daddy's wallet so just like in terms of like what art is i mean i guess to me it's just like you know it's just uh you know, it's a skill just like athleticism, I guess. Just uh-huh. um, being able to uh, produce art, I guess. You know, if you're good at uh, one sport, it's likely you'll be good at another sport. And I guess art just works the same way to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. was Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um What do you think the role, what do you, what do you think the role, what the role of art is? I've asked this of a a bunch of artists over, over time. And um, sometimes the the answer to the question be a little bit different with, um, you know, like uh, political turmoil, like pandemic. uh, What's, what is the United States in 2022, 2023? You know, so do you think the role of art? Like the role of art has changed in in recent times, or it's just this is the latest type of things we're dealing with as humans, and it's just art is you know art. Do you think it's changed at all the role of the art? Um, Not exactly, because I think like the even like the Renaissance is like a um, response to. I don't know. I, I don't know too much about the renaissance, but you know, I think it's like a response to the dark ages, you know, like mm-hmm. plague uh, and everything? Over... Like, what was
0: that? Wasn't it like a response to the plague, the like the the black
2: plague? Or yeah, stuff like that, you know, just like artistic uh, like, like revolutions.
0: Like an
1: idiot. I
2: don't know. Like maybe uh if I can go like a little less further back. I mean, like I'm a big fan of Rage Against the Machine, so like yeah. obviously they have like a lot of political commentary in their music and uh, yeah. I think it's done right. Um, I think a lot of times, like, um, it's a means for people to get, like, more attention on their music. And it's not necessarily, like, something new or um, something, like, like super poetic. But it's great that people want to use that, you know, as a platform to uh, promote what they want to promote. Like, you know, everybody can do what they want, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, like, um, it's just what you make of it. Um, I don't go super, like, into that with my own Art, I mean, I think, like, in a lot of ways, things are implied, um, just like in the way I feel about things, like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you know, it's like, uh, again, it's just like another form of expression, of course, there's a part of me that, like, feels a certain way about certain, uh, you know, issues politically, or just like, you know, personal issues in my life, and then those yeah. obviously come out in art, um, you know. It's just, uh, you know, it's just like how I as a person reflect on my viewpoint of the world more, you know, more on a subconscious level, like, you know, on the, on a conscious level, I'm just like, you know, having fun, I'm playing a guitar or whatever. It sounds good to me, but express, express you know, sure. Yeah. I think no matter what you do, it's an expression of like who you are and everything that's happened to you, I guess. If you do it right. Yeah. I feel like,
0: yeah. Go ahead Grant.
2: No, I, I just wanted to ask you, Matt, um, like uh, one of the things as I was asking a question just popped into my head as far as with the films is that there tends to be this uh, distinct uh, theme of, um, I don't know, the, uh, distress or isolation for an individual dealing with a, a, a situation seems to be very uh, focused on uh, a, f- a smaller number of characters uh, in interiors and was 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 any of that? I mean, that's part of some of the things I've seen in your work. Was any of that part of the res, result of of the of the pandemic or or any constraints that you had right there? Um, as far as somebody's in the house, they're in the house. It's a setting. It's a closed setting. There isn't uh, the external world seems far at times. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Has that been part of it, Matt? I guess it's got to be. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. I, when I'm when I'm writing it, I definitely don't think about that. Uh, I'm not like I gotta make a pandemic movie you know we know yeah, some directors definitely. who do things like that like they're like oh the pandemic I gotta make a movie that comments on the pandemic yeah um, For uh, and, I, I, and, and that's you know yeah, like, uh, having a political motive behind your movie is an interesting thing to do and I think I've seen movies where I like when that's done but I definitely just kind of write what I think would be interesting and I normally think about the character first Um uh, but normally, to for to some greater extent, the character is always a reflection of me, or you know, someone that I that is close to me, or just a general general sense of the people that are around me. Um, and I start there, and then I, I think what we were saying before, where like uh, you know, what is art, and what does it cause change, or what does it reflect, and, and all that stuff. I think if you do art uh, for the right reasons, um, not to say that there's one right reason over another. But, uh, you know, if you're doing it for, you know, if you're making something that's like a piece of you, no matter what you think you're writing about, you're, in, you're going to end up writing about yourself and, and how you view the world and, and you know, um, kind of yeah. just, it's going to be a little model of your own experience. So like sure. if the pandemic is going on, I guess I'm just trying to say that, of course, that's going to come through. Like if I have to be um, inside for a prolonged period of time, I'm sure the movies are going to start. You know, having more interiors or, or being more about someone mm-hmm. who's all alone inside or, or, or whatever. But I still feel like the feeling of isolation and loneliness goes beyond the pandemic. I feel like people feel that way, you know, no matter what's going on. So and I think well, that's always. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, just, like, in actuality, though, like, the pandemic actually does make it harder to make bigger settings and have a bunch of, like, actors and stuff. And it's cheaper to have less actors in one space. So, I mean, on the surface, there's, like, practical reasons why we do that. But then, again, you know, it results from the pandemic. It's interesting how, like, the pandemic causes us to have to move into more, like, isolated spaces, especially, like, last year, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's, it's just what it had to be. It could, you know, but it's about yeah. that because that's what it had to be.
0: Right, yeah. right. But I think I've always been interested in that because looking back at the movies, um, before the pandemic, like Miss Freelancer, like Gloss or Megan, it's like uh, I often just want to, you know, look into. I think a character when they're at when when they're alone, it kind of shows them at their most vulnerable, uh, which I just think is always a fascinating concept. Shan, I yeah. always we joke all the time. Um, Like when we meet somebody and, you know, they're, they're like really all together and they're like, Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. And then they walk away. We <laughs> always joke that then they go home and like, you know, they, you know, beat their <laughs> wife or whatever, you know, or th- and then they sob in the corner. And Yeah.
1: A line, it was like,
2: nice all day and then we you know everything was going so well and then we just had this joke because like the, someone left a pickle jar open that imagine right. if he just like took the pickle jar and freaked out and like threw it across the room or something <laughs> there was like 15 year old kids of this reality show too It was like right. 17 of them it was like imagine he just lost his temper in front of right. all these kids it's just like I think it, there's just like a sadistic part of us that thinks it would be just so funny if something like that happened right in front of us like it's such a right. shock you know right like, yeah uh, and you know that's i think in a way it inspires the writing of movies sometimes because we're like <laughs> how funny would that be and then you know later we're like imagine something like that in a movie you know right right well, yeah I- and you're making you're not making like comfort movies unless there's comfort in like a connection to the what somebody's feeling and being mm-hmm. like oh my gosh i felt that I now i feel the- it I shouldn't be the guy who makes the comfort movie. I would not be good at it. And I'm so glad that there are guys who are good at it. You know, we need every genre, you know, film to be, you know, respected by
0: everybody or appreciated by everybody. Right. Uh, It's just one of those voyeuristic things where it's like you you meet somebody and then you wonder like, well, what is that guy really like? I'll never know. And then I think mm -hmm. a movie a movie kind of gives you that power of like. Whatever the character may be, like for Daddy's Wallet, it's like this you know, rich, retired executive guy, you know, and it's like, OK, but what's really going on with him underneath? And I think that's also where the ideas come from, too, because I remember I was living in Brooklyn and I saw this. I saw like an old guy with a a very young, like 20-year-old looking girl. And she's like, you know, really buttering him up and like kissing his cheek and has her arms around him and all that stuff. And I'm like, what's really going on here? You know, like what is is it, you know, I don't imagine that this guy is just like completely happy about his life all the time, given, you know, even though that's what he might want to portray. I think we all have like an inner darkness or at least, you know, maybe, you know, I just, what I assume, maybe they're perfectly happy, normal people, but I I assume I, right. I do.
2: I'm not, I'm not going to shy away.
0: Yeah, Yeah. right. right. What is that? And, and what's. It's interesting. There's to a story about that, it, right? Right, yeah. right. There's always a story and a background to someone's personal darkness. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah.
2: love when the stories come out about those talk show hosts like James Corden or like Ellen, you know, where they're just like so abusive, like it turns out. Like, would you think those people right. who are like having to put on those kinds of faces every night, like, do you think they're not going to like snap? you know, one day. Yeah, and then right. it's just so funny when, when that happens, like we love that.
0: Yeah. We just, we, yeah we, it's
2: funny and juicy and whatever. It's yeah, right. magazine type shit. We, d- we,
0: talk, we talk all the time about making a movie about some Ellen, like talk show host. And like, you know, the, yeah. movie, the movie opens where she's all polite and happy and chipper on the show. And then, you know, we cut to the backstage and, you know, we, we see the real her, you know?
2: Yeah. 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 Well, and, and there's, and I think you know, film gives a unique opportunity to kind of like peek in, and I definitely see uh, see see how you do that, Shay. I wanted to ask uh, just so we we don't forget, and you let people know where to go. I mean, there's the oh yeah, I saw you had a t shirt for the for the band, like the band's yeah. music, um, like where. Yeah, like where uh, where, do, where do folks go? You on uh, Bandcamp, or they look for a web page to find the. Yes, yeah, so uh, yeah. okay, um, I'll just uh, throw it out there. Uh, uh, cronies um, is on Bandcamp. We're on like you know all streaming. Yeah. And um, we're on Label of Goods, which um, is working on physical copies, tapes, stuff like okay. that. We're on Cruel Nature Records, which I think our tapes sold out on those. I have um, some solo music on Cruel Nature Records, which I'll just like give like a shout out to because they're yeah. great. Steve Absolutely. is great. Um, awesome. They're from the UK. Um, label of Goods also. Logan from that record label is amazing. Um, he does great work. And uh, it's my favorite label. Yeah, um, and then yeah, like Cronies, the Real Coddington Factory, they're all on streaming Bandcamp. Obviously, just type it in Cronies New York City, NYC, or whatever would be an easy way to find it. And then um, the the vinyl prints were done by Reptilian Records. Like this is like a like kind of a new development, but the records are printed and they're being they're gonna get sold at this uh, festival somewhere in Texas. I forget what Wonderful. it's called. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, shout out to those three record labels. Label of Goods, uh, Reptilian Records, and Cruel Nature Records. Um, Label of Goods and Cruel Nature also have some of my solo music, which there should be some tapes left of Real Coddington Factory on both of those labels. Um, And, yeah, so, like, you know, we're all over. Physical copies, you know, merch, all that kind of stuff. It's, like, whatever you want, you know. If you like our stuff, come hang out. Yeah, we definitely want to lead people uh, to it. As a part of the big part of the show is kind of um, mm-hmm. the community community of interacting with you know the the <laughs> tangible the tangible and the digital art and the cassette tapes and um, yeah, it's nice to just concerts. be kind of available everywhere. Like even for people who like, what if there's someone who only plays music by tape? You know, yeah. tape. You know, we yeah. have tape. You know, it's great. It's just uh it's good to be available i think as a musician i think that's like your strongest ally you know these days in the music scene is just like um you know putting yourself out there like on youtube or whatever or you just can be found you know, online yeah yeah just uh being able to be found anywhere like putting your records or physical copies in stores or whatever yeah there's just so I, many uh, different ways yeah i appreciate that and uh I'm going to check with Matt just a moment make sure we I mean we talked about a lot of his work and where to find things but I do hey Shay we do have the one uh the one uh, small but monstrous question of which you, we we do have to ask which is the titular part of the uh show is naturally uh, what, what why the why the heck is there something rather than nothing uh Shay I think Matt didn't fully resolve that mystery that we've been searching for all the oh, come time. Come on, man, what's wrong? He with didn't. You? He didn't fully resolve it. He would have. have So wait, yeah. your question is why is there something rather than yeah. nothing? Yeah. So we're based on the premise that there is something rather than nothing.
1: Yeah, which you that. can
2: attack. Of which you can attack as well. Can I attack that? You can. That... You can. You are okay. actively encouraged to do so. <laughs> Maybe I won't. I don't know if I want to. I think I agree that there's something rather than nothing. Imagine just not making any art. Imagine not making anything. You know, just yeah. make something. Even if you're not gonna like throw it out there on um, like, you know, you know, just keep making art. You know, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna do it, you'll never get better. Like yeah. uh Um that's what I do with my solo music is like uh there's there's some stuff on Spotify, but there's a lot more on Bandcamp and just stuff that I haven't released that I just you know there's hundreds of tracks of just like me recording every song it's like it's just uh you know it's good exercise it's like yeah why wouldn't you run on the again going back to the athleticism thing it's like why wouldn't you run on the treadmill every day if you wanted to be athletic like why not do something why not do something rather than not something you know what i mean that's good that's good this is this this i'm gonna gonna make my own podcast it's gonna be called something rather than not something mm. hey and uh, we're gonna I, be competing i
1: don't I, I don't, I don't of, mind we the
2: competition Wait, The the competition cool. in the realm that we're in is a very particular realm that i'm not sure is populated by a ton of folks but i we Sneak. can go to the yeah um uh, i do feel uh, like uh not yeah. competitive but almost like you know in a good way influenced by some of the musicians around me that i think are really good or like, even Matt as a filmmaker, like, inspires me a lot as a musician, just any good artist I meet, and it's, like, uh, you know, it's good to be in, like, a healthy competition, almost, like, feeling, like, you know, oh, that's a really cool passage by that band, like, imagine if I had something like that in my music, but, like, different, or this way, or that way, like, you know, there's definitely a lot of, like, you know, admitted, like, copycat in my music, like, you, you listen to, like, even my score in movies, it'll just, you know, it's not like it's its own thing. It sounds like, you know, it's an amalgamation of stuff that I like. And, you know, most of what I'm influenced by are the people around me. And, you know, I like yeah. bands that are famous. Like I like Rage Against the Machine and Nirvana System and stuff like that, you know. yeah. But yeah. then there's, uh, I think my favorite bands of uh, actually are like my friends and people like from the music scene in New York. And yeah. some of my, my favorite filmmakers are, other than, you know, famous guys like Safdie Brothers, like, you know, Matt, I would say, you know, yeah. his films actually make me feel something. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than not something. Mm, yeah. That's
0: good. That's good.
2: Yeah. Hey, um, hey uh, Matt, I wanted to make sure, I mean, we we, we we talked about, you know, your films as such. I want to make sure we don't miss anything as far as, um, I don't know if there's a, you know, the film, film fest or where to look. I mentioned to folks, uh, I know you've had uh, some some uh, reviews come out of trust uh, trusted hands uh, I'll be doing that as well but um, just can't anything, wait to uh, see that. I'm we thankful that you're
0: gonna review trusted yeah. hands that's so nice
2: well I like the opportunity I like the opportunity the the opportunity too and I gotta tell you guys I mean before I, I'll open up to you Matt make sure we don't miss anything but um uh, I think the for me the podcast and being able to have uh, both of you on is that uh there is a piece where I think within a year or two there's you're gonna be you know people are gonna see your film in in a, in a more massive way and they're going to know uh and so it's like I feel like a privilege just being able to talk with you and and to be able to talk and and, and write and and review because there's something going on different from your films because that's why I would that's why I wanna I wanna talk to you. So I think all that's gonna happen. And I want folks to get excited and to see the great stuff you're creating. All
1: that's right.
2: True faith. <laughs> Matt Matt, anything I met anything I missed? Anything I missed, Matt.
0: That is so nice, Ken. Yeah, you, know, you really you brightened my day with that one. Um mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yeah, so Daddy's wallet is screening in Manhattan on the eighteenth. That's yeah. next Friday. And uh, you can get tickets on the BoweryFilmFestival.com. It's the Bowery Film Festival 2022 selection. Uh, the, the the people, the folks behind the Bowery Film Festival, they've actually done like a bunch of smaller festivals throughout the city, you know, and they do a couple, I think every few months or whatever. Um, but the Bowery Film Festival is like their big one. So it's kind of a, it's a cool achievement to be honored and selected for that one, especially for Daddy's Wallet, which uh, I think because of the pandemic had an issue getting screened, like we got into festivals and then they would be like online screenings. Yeah. So uh, this will be daddy's wallet's they first time. A lot. Yeah. So it, this, will, this is going to be the first time that, that daddy's wallet screens in a real movie theater, which is something I really am excited to see. Awesome. And then as far awesome. as, uh, awesome. as trusted awesome hands here. goes, yeah, as far as trusted hands and in any of the other short films that, you know, we've made uh, those can just be found on my Vimeo and you can get there via the link in, in my bio on Instagram.
2: Yeah, thanks so much. I um, uh, just recently connected to film as um uh, quite some time ago, um, maybe about two and a half years ago, I had a, um, an activist, her name's uh, Ana Del Rocio and she's starring in a, a film that was made called Mother of Color, actually just de- uh, debuted in Tacoma about three weeks ago, and it's Portland debut at the Hollywood Theater was oh, cool. was friday and so i think it's really fascinating for me like in being able to talk about it and me trying to figure out on my side of like how did when a film's made when a film's made how is it seen where does it show up where's the festival right. how do people uh, write about it so i'm learning a lot on that too but it's also been um quite a pleasure to see uh, artists that i've interacted with and then see that the film had the Portland premiere on, 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 on Friday. So um, right. really exciting uh, to, to, to see the work um, uh, that you both do. And just so uh, everybody knows um, we're going to have a track um, that there's going to be uh, at the end of this um, from the real Coddington factory called uh, uh, the booth. Uh, Shay, any, anything you want to say about the, the track that will, um, that will uh, lead us out? Yeah, just, um, you know, pass the booth and um thanks for having us yeah um guys great pleasure everybody yeah definitely check out um we'll have it in the in in the show notes a lot of different places to find uh sound and, and video uh from uh from from matt and Shay, and um i'm gonna hit up um, my folks uh i don't know a ton of people in in new york but there are a good 10 to 20 people that i feel i can just tell them that they're supposed to be going to do something and to see a good film so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna be doing that i'm gonna be doing that with them um so everybody uh we got uh, we got the booth taking us out um And uh, I want to thank you guys um, both for uh, coming on the show.
0: Thanks for having me. Thanks so much.
1: I hear something. Fuck, it's Tyreek. What are we going to (laughs) do? i is something rather than
0: nothing.